Most people don't understand what character is. How would you define it? What do you mean by that? Defining it's not, I'll, I'll define it, but it's not really a, a great way to understand it from defining it. Well, what do you think uh, people A character miss? is just a, a set of, of repeatable behavior. Character is just a set of repeatable behavior yeah. that a person has? Yes, yeah, so that we recognize that character. Ah. You recognize that character. You recognize that homeless person that you've seen 20 times in the street because they, they continue to repeat oh, their behavior. I see Now, what if you're that saying. homeless person gets rehabilitated mm-hmm. and now is in a three-piece suit right. and now sober. is working for a corporation, right. you would not recognize that character even because though it's the same changed. human being. Right. Their set of repeatable behavior is new now. Oh, you kind of just blew my mind right now. too vast of a topic to discuss, but that is what acting is. If, if acting is creating life, then on some level... Well, acting every, isn't creating life. It's creating life in the imaginary world well, of the script. Uh, without that last part, it's not acting, it's life. Agreed. Absolutely. And we're all creating life all the time. The only difference between acting and just living is that it's within the imaginary world of the script. So you're saying that you're creating life when you're sleeping? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yes. I'm sleeping, yeah. I mean, my, my behavior is truthful. I am indeed sleeping. <laughs> so are you creating life? You're always, when you're living, yeah, until you die. Of course you're creating life when you're sleeping. Right. What a, what a funny thing. Absolutely creating life. You should hear you talk in your sleep. Oh, my God. You know, <laughs> should hear you, you know. Fuck me harder, harder. What's, what are you creating? You're creating something. Oh, you must have I, caught me in the middle of a sex dream, And I'm huh? sitting there, and I'm, I'm listening. I'm saying, what kind of uh, dream is this? What's, <laughs> she never yeah. says that to me, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So you're definitely creating something. That must be life, and dreaming is life. Right. It's all life. So sleeping is creating life. Mm-hmm. Going to the bathroom is creating life. Right. Everything you do until that moment that you die, you're creating life. And once they say, she's dead, mm-hmm. you know, then you're not creating life anymore. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah. So you're always creating life. Agreed. I think this podcast is going to be about life because and creating it <laughs> oh you're just trying you're just taking the piss out of me now no i'm, cre- I'm creating life right now i'm yes, creating I know. It. You, yes. can't you feel me can't oh, you yes. feel the creation I feel the waves of life creation coming off of you i can smell it <laughs> <laughs> yes creating life that's that's the definition of acting i know everybody gets very annoyed yes you know yes i know i know acting is can you just give me the fucking line reading just tell me how to do it tell me fucking how to do it just tell me how to do it so i can book this role yes and i do tell them how to do it i say yeah i say you do like this because that's about your chances of getting the role 
if you do it that way as well. So do it. At least it'll be something interesting as opposed to the bullshit that you're doing in this audition. Yeah. I'm very nice to the people oh, when we you're work. so nice. You know? I'm very kind. You yeah. Know? You are particularly cuddly. Just give me a line reading, please. Just uh -huh. tell me how to do it. Uh-huh. Did you read the script? No. What do you think I am? Who do you think has time to read the script? Mm -hmm. Well, I read the script. How did you read the script? I just gave you the script three hours ago. Well, you paid me $600 to read the script. What? I didn't pay you $600. You're right. It's $650 now. Mm -hmm. You paid me $650 to read the script. So that's why I read the script. So that you could make $650,000, maybe $6,500,000. Mm -hmm. It's a bargain. That's why I have time to read the script. I know. But they didn't give me any script. They only gave me sides. They only gave me sides. Oh, okay. And then they gave you more than sides, didn't they? Didn't they give you a description of, the, of what the script is? A breakdown. And, and a character breakdown and mm -hmm. things like that, you know? You know, the person's gay, but they're not too gay. You know. Oh, I know. Sometimes those character descriptions are wild. The they they the have person so is sexual, but they're hiding their sexuality, so there's mm -hmm. no sexuality overtly. Mm -hmm. But inside, they're really angry. But outside, they're very smiley and calm and happy. Okay, that's good. I know how to do that. I know. Yeah. And everybody's trying to read behind the lines or between the lines, and uh, for the when most part, they should part be reading underneath the lines. <laughs> Why are you reading in between the lines when you should be reading underneath the lines? I know. What does underneath the lines mean? I don't know what it means. Someone told me to say that to you. You know, you should know what it means. Didn't you study acting? <laughs> Actually, I didn't. That's why I came to you. Oh, I see. Well, that's a good point. So let me just give you line readings. You know? Yeah. First line is, how are you? Okay. Let me give you the first line here. How are you? Yeah. I have a question for you, Aaron. How are you? Aaron, stop. <laughs> Listen to me. You have been not listening to me. You I are bad. So. You are not. I, what, of course I'm I keep trying to, to say something and then you keep... You mean I'm interrupting? Yes, you're interrupting how can I interrupt, me. How can I interrupt you if I never stop talking? That's a good question. <laughs> See? I haven't stopped talking. You have not stopped talking. You're and like a runaway train. You're not listening to me. Because you, you can't interrupt me. Why? <laughs> I can too. Pardon moi. I interrupt you all the time. Go ahead. No, no, I'm listening. I'm, I'm, I'm just kidding. Thank you. My question is, sometimes people get a breakdown and the character is so far beyond who they are. You mean like a nervous breakdown? They got a breakdown? No, the breakdown of the character. Oh, but most Besides people don't know what a breakdown script. of a character is. Yeah, so the breakdown, you know, with your audition, I you get a know. breakdown of the character that says, as you said, this character is... Um, oh, you mean, you mean a breakdown, pardon to interrupt you, you meant a breakdown meaning a description of someone who wrote it, could be the casting director, could be someone Right, else. that's true. A description of what they believe the character may be. Right, exactly. Got it. That's yes. a breakdown. Yes. Now I understand, because I didn't yes. understand at first what that meant. <laughs> well, you're making an assumption that most people know what a breakdown is. You're right. I if you said it to your assumption. mother, Ma, you know, I get a breakdown and I have to work from that. Mm -hmm. She would go, okay, darling. Well, I hope my mother isn't listening to this right now. Why? <laughs> 
me. I, why? That's terrible. <laughs> I love your mother. No, no, my mother can. She I should just, listen um, to this. She would be very proud of you. Uh huh. Not so proud of me, but proud of you. That's true. She's not proud of you. No, she'd say, why are you always interrupting my daughter? That's true. Why are you always interrupting her daughter? Because I'm waiting for her to say something interesting. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so my, <coughs> my point is, sometimes you get a character breakdown, and you know that this human being is very different than who you are. Very different. I think all the time with character work, it takes time to learn how to play a character that's, that's very different than who you are. Do you think people are best suited then to just try to bring it more to themselves or to pass? What do you think? In my opinion, when you get something that's so far distant from you, the best thing you can do is try to just play it like yourself. Because the worst thing you can do is actually push and try to create a character that you're really not ready for, which tends to lead to cliche overacting, or just plain bad acting. You're, you're correct, but uh, uh, no one really knows. In other words, you could do a cliche character, just like you said, and bad acting, and get hired. That's true. That's the truth. You you're can, right. You can do the worst acting in the world and get hired. So it's a personal choice, mm -hmm. you know? It's really a personal choice. If they want, you know, they want a pirate and mm -hmm. they want the pirate to have an English accent, which is very funny because, first of all, what's a pirate? Number two is there's like 5,000 English accents. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. But that's what they want. And then you do it like me, like I'm from the Bronx or something, you know. Hey, yeah, I'm a pirate, you know. Mm -hmm. Hey, matey. Oh, yeah. Haggity diggity do. A pirate's life for you, you know, and I talk like this <laughs> and I do my Bronx pirate, uh -huh. but that's no good. It's not uh, an English accent. So you go, ah, God, matey, ah, get that pirate, matey, and bring him over here. Mm -hmm. ah, ah, off with his head. <laughs> and they go, wow, what a great English accent, you know, mm -hmm. and they hire me. What am I going to do? I guess you're going to do that bad English accent. <laughs> oh, I thought that was... Uh, hold on. Mark, was that it? Or bad? That, that's, that's Mark. Survey says. You know, survey Ma says. Mark is like our partner. You know, he... Is that a... That was a pretty damn good... Wasn't that a... Could you do... You do an English accent if you I thought, I thought it was... Yeah, I thought it was oh, very please. convincing. It was a pirate English accent, a pirate, right? If it was just English, it was horrible. No, no, no. It was no. a pirate but, English. Wait, yeah. hold on. I want to make this crystal clear. I mean, matey, mm -hmm. make him walk the plank. That's a pirate accent. That is a pirate accent. No, I'm not accent. saying where the pirate is originally from, the origin in England, you know. But I watched, what is that thing? Uh, peg leg, you know, when they, you know, and from, you know, Johnny Depp. I watched. And oh, yeah? Really? No, no, he didn't have a pirate. He had, you know, he had no accent, but... But the other guy who came back from the dead all he the time. He did actually have an accent. Who? Johnny Depp. Oh, yes, 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 I know. Oh, right. okay. Some kind of accent. Sure. Know? It was, wasn't it based on Joe Perry? No, I thought it was Rolling based. Rolling Stones? Aerosmith? Joe Perry's is Aerosmith. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. No, it was based on Rolling Stones. Oh, okay. 
Yeah. It's just before your time. That's all. You know, way, way before your time. <laughs> I just know Aerosmith it was either Aerosmith. Is, Aerosmith is American. Oh, Rolling Stones. Yeah, you're right. I did know England. that. You're right. But they're kind of like very similar. Yes, yes, yes. They, they're, they're, uh, American accent and English accent are very similar. <laughs> well, if you're doing it, then, you know, we won't have any confusion at all. That's the point. You say this, that's definitely, you think Americans know what an English accent does? Come on. Americans, Americans don't even know what happened a month ago. They don't know anything. They don't read or really do any studies and things like that. They don't know history. <laughs> they don't even know how, that we were English. Yeah. They don't know that we were English. We all had English accents. Well, they Except don't. for the, the, the Native Americans. Right. Who, they don't know that Jesus was a Jew. <laughs> wow. Wow. They, they think no. Romans all speak with an English accent. How come? Oh, because of Gladiator, How right? Come All of the people in Gladiator. Everyone thinks Romans speak with <laughs> ancient Romans, not, yes. not current Italians. No, I know. Every movie that's set in the past, doesn't matter what part of the, you know, right, in um, The Last Duel, right? It's set in France, but they all have English accents. Well, how about this? All the Nazis, they're all, they all speak like this. So, you think the SS will not know where you are going? Okay, sit there, take this, and stick them in your ears. Hans, stick them in her ears. She will tell us where her papers are. Right. That's how they think everyone talks. You don't think that's how they think everyone talks? Yeah, I do. Everyone thinks, and then when they read a real Nazi, they find out, like, it's it's their wife, and that she got Nazi insignias in their closet, Mm. you know? With jackboots, jackboots are big. I know, I, you don't have to explain I know what you know, it's the are. audience, you know. The audience think the boots that had the name Jack yeah. on it. Mm-hmm. Jackboots, mm-hmm. big black or brown boots. We were watching Romancing the Stone. Uh, there was a, uh, have you wait, seen wait, Romancing wait, the Stone? To, Mark, do you not think Nazis all have these bad English accents with German? They're English accents with German accents put on top of them, right or wrong? <laughs> I'm not sure. Because should Nazis should talk like Germans and have subtitles. That's how Nazis you sound. You mean like. they should speak in German? Yes. Right. You should speak in German, right? That's right. what I meant. Yes. Isn't that true? Could be true. <laughs> there are other Nazis. There are Ukrainian Nazis. There are, there are French Nazis. There are American Nazis. No one even knows that there were American Nazis. They filled the Madison Square Garden, sold it out mm. before World War II. And this they spoke true. English, American English. Yeah, what year did that happen, Mark? Can you look that up? Why? I want to know. How soon before the war? Well, I'd say around 19, I'm guessing 1939, maybe 1940. It was Madison Square Garden. There was a rally of Nazis, American Nazis, American. that were actually supportive of Adolf Hitler right before the, the, that was just the, the war. the tip of the iceberg. Mm-hmm. So that was February 20th, 1939? Wow. Pretty close. It said A Nazi rally took place at Madison, Madison Square Garden, organized by the German-American Bund. More than 20,000 people attended. 20,000 people. You know, we just forget because we don't really know that much about history and we don't really think that much about history. And we don't really care that much about history. Yeah. We think that now is so divided, but we forget how many different times in history America has been divided. And uh, we've been very, very, very divided for 
various times and and now is another time of division. Well, whenever there's a war, we usually come together pretty good. That's always. And since America is mostly at war most of the time, we mm. come together. But then when the war goes on too long, we, we forget like there's it. a war. Yeah. So then we start to do it's, it. You know, but every country comes together in a war. It's very. I know. Patriotism. Uh, yeah. It's very normal, you know. And, and that's when, you know, you have to bring out all your accents because uh, in case you're caught prisoner of war, you mm-hmm. say. No, ich bin ein, ein Berliner. No, 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 Americana. <laughs> is that is that your best? You're gonna do that? <laughs> well, when the Nazis catch me, I gotta do something. Right, right. right I can't right. let the Nazis know I'm Jewish. You know. Right. Ich bin una Viking. Viking. <laughs> ja, Denmark. Yeah, ja, I like Danish. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. You know. Now add a little pirate to that. <laughs> That's, right. That's gonna be hard. Oh my god. Oh, Aaron. What? You're an excitable young man. You really are. You always have been. I don't know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about history. That's all I'm talking about. If I get caught. I have to disguise myself, mm-hmm. you know, you know, who's going to hide me? I know. You know, that is, you know what that's, who's going to hide me? This is a real thing. I, and I would say that I think a, a lot of Jewish people feel this way uh, when they're sort yeah, of. When, when they're coming after us, who will actually hide us? Yeah. Who were, are actually your allies? Who would actually hide you? Because most people would say like, of course, you, what are you kidding? We, no, we can't hide you. If they catch you, they kill us too. That's what the beginning of uh, Glorious in, in Bastards, Glorious Bastards, yeah, Glorious right. Bastards was. He's, right. He was hiding. A family. A family, and they all got killed. That's right. You know. Mm-hmm. They are going to kill you anyway, so maybe you should tell us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was talking to a young woman this morning. We were doing some... Um, private work. It was just two, two women and, uh, they're lear- learning technique. And so this is, you know, we've done a, a few sessions now, a lot. And I sort of just reached the point where we were talking about the pain of your character. What's your character's problem? What's your character's pain? And they had heard me say before, it's not fake pain. It's not in your brain. It's not intellectual. It's real. And luckily, humans, being human, always have pain. We always do. It's the nature of being human. We're just not conscious of it. And so we got towards the end of the session, and all of a sudden, it was like a light bulb went on in this young woman's head. It was like she, because she got into real pain. She got real pain. And all of a sudden, it was like, Oh, I have, I have to be in pain. It's not my character. I was like, no, it's you. And she was like, oh no. (laughs) I saw in that moment, I was like, she might quit acting. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, most people don't know what acting is. So when it happens, something happens, it's like, oh, I didn't know that's what it was. Yeah. Right. I think people really think you don't, you fake it. You fake the pain. You sort of create a, a certain behavior that says, I'm in pain. They think that, oh, you can just manufacture tears or... Well, you can fake some of it. Some sure. of it is faked. 
everything in acting, some of, some of it is fake, you know. But of you course. try to fake as little as possible. That's what you try to. But some of it has to be faked, you know. Right. If if your arm was just chopped off, you know, mm -hmm. you just chopped your arm off. You're trying to put a tourniquet on it. Mm -hmm. Well, you'd have to fake that pain. Oh, absolutely. Physical pain, right. Well, no, emotional pain too. I mean, you're, there's emotional pain that you might fake. Yes, but you Watching really... someone die, you might fake that. Sure, right. You might not necessarily, you know, when you cry, you don't really have to cry all the time. That's fake. Yes. When people cry, they cry, right? Right. But a lot of times actors cry and there are no tears. Yes. A lot of times. I understand, but you better still bring something. something real. Sure, something. But if someone doesn't understand that, then they're not an actor. Right. There's something else. Right. A beginner. Yeah, well, I think that's my point. She is a beginner. And so for her in that moment to sort of recognize like, oh, I have to actually use my own pain. It's not just me saying lines in a way that's interesting. You don't have to use your own pain also. You can imagine it. But mm -hmm. it, if you imagine it, it's still pain. Well, that's what I'm saying. It yeah. is still pain. Still pain, pain is pain is imagine, pain, whether right. it's imagined pain based on the imaginary circumstances yeah, or you don't have to, uh, you don't have to go back into your past or do that at all. No. But right. you can imagine it, but imagine pain is real pain. Mm -hmm. You have to experience like you, you have to take an acid trip, you know, you take an acid trip and mm -hmm. you're on an acid trip. Sometimes it's a lot of fun. And then sometimes it's not a lot of fun. You see monsters and things trying to kill you and you think everyone's trying to get paranoid. Mm -hmm. Well, that's all imagined. Right. And then there's a lot of pain. Yeah. The difference is with um, any kind of a hallucinogenic, the uh, part of your brain that tells you this isn't real is kind of turned off. So your imagination can really go wild. Well, the difference is that as an actor, you can stop and turn it off. That's what On I'm saying. Hallucination, when right. you're having an hallucination, you really can't turn it off, so it's not really functional. When the, the director says cut, you, <laughs> yeah. you think they're talking about cutting you. Cut right. me. No, don't cut me. No, no, I said cut. Yeah, don't cut right. me. Right, well, no. it's why uh, people shouldn't drink or be high or no. doing any drugs while they're acting. It's a bad idea. No. For, okay. some, for some bad actors, though, it's good. They need to really yeah. be high when they're acting. <laughs> and maybe, you know, but... Uh, no, it's a craft. It's like anything. You shouldn't be flying airplanes when you're on hallucinogens, you know. No. Oh, my God, Rodan, Rodan, dive. What's Rodan? Rodan's a... Uh, 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 Do you know Rodan? I don't know Rodan. Uh, Yet. Rodan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you get in, you get on me about breakdowns. Like, like nobody knows what a breakdown is. And yet you drop Rodan. Rodan meets Godzilla. Oh, well, why don't you just it say Godzilla? No, because Godzilla can't fly. Rodan. Oh, Rodan, Rodan is, could, tr could fly. Rodan was a prehistoric, whatever. Like know. a pterodactyl? Yes. Yeah, but like big. Huge. And, oh, okay. and, and it spews, you know, uh, fire. Oh, so it's a dragon, really. Kind of like a dragon, but the <laughs> Sounds Japanese. Sounds like a dragon to me. It, it, yeah, but it, the Japanese created, it's prehistoric, just like 
Like a dinosaur. Godzilla. Right. Right. You know? Right. So Rodan fights Godzilla and they battle it out. So if you're in an airplane, you'd see Rodan, you know, mm-hmm. or pterodactyl. Let's use pterodactyl. Okay. A flying. Some kind of a dinosaur monster. Rodan here. Oh, see, that's, that's Rodan. Rodan. Okay. So it's Rodan. like a pre-Godzilla. Yeah. Godzilla. No, it was during, Godzilla was first, then they brought out Rodan. Oh. You know, and then they had Godzilla fights Rodan. Okay. You know, and so if you're seeing Rodan when you're, pilot of an airplane mm-hmm. it's bad you know it's bad because you're going to do evasive maneuvers unless Rodan is real and you have just stumbled on a prehistoric well that's the danger because if you think Rodan is real you're <laughs> you're really taking excellent acid yeah and you're in trouble everyone on the plane's in trouble yes they are that's true uh, I, I, as far as I know the uh People have seen as many Rodans as they have Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. And if you see Santa Claus, you should be, you're in trouble too. Yeah. You know, you're in a plane and you see Santa Claus on a, on a sled, you know, mm-hmm. you're in trouble. Right. You're in big trouble. You should lie down. So I went to undergraduate, you know, I did four years of school, got a theater degree, a BA, and then I did another three years of an MFA, a master of fine arts and acting. And it taught me a lot of things. There were very valuable things that I learned during that time. I learned how to use my voice. I learned about objectives and actions, and I learned how to do those things. I really learned script breakdown beautifully. But what I missed was pain. It was sort of the missing piece of what I had studied. And so I remember when I came to study with you and we were, we were talking and you said something like, well, what's this character's problem? And I said, well, I think it was Blade Runner. And I was like, well, her problem is she's a robot, but she doesn't know that she's a robot. (laughs) Right. And you were like, great. How's that going to work out for you? Meaning how are you going to play that? Meaning you don't have any pain. That's not truthful for you. And you're obviously not imagining it because nothing's happening. It was just, you know, I knew how to do the lines in a cool way, but I couldn't connect to this character's problem. And so then you said something to me along the lines of, I wonder what it's like to be a beautiful woman and only be valued for the way that you look. And then it was like, oh, light bulb. I understood suddenly that this human being was valued for one thing only, her service. And then it was like, boom, 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 light bulbs, explosions, fireworks, because I, I understood suddenly it, it could be my pain, that I knew what it was like to be only desired for one particular thing and not for the totality of what I was. And so then it was like from that point on, I really deeply understood how to apply this idea to my work, this, this concept. Yeah, it's a very common problem in most societies. What? Women being valued for their beauty. Right, and, and solely that, right. Of course, but I, I don't want to get lost on this particular idea. My point is, until that moment, I couldn't really grasp. It was like, 
if the character was super close to me, then I could just use whatever I was. But if it wasn't close to me, meaning my, my personal problems, I couldn't find a bridge over. And it was like, who is this human? You know, I was sort of playing at a character. Yeah. It's very difficult to do that. It's very difficult to do character work. It's really very difficult. It takes a lot of practice unless you somehow imagine it easily or know someone like that. And connecting the dots, understanding that I didn't have to experience what she was experiencing to know that pain. The human condition is pain. You don't need to uh, um, imagine a character's pain. It has no meaning there. Every human has pain. So whether it's a character or you, you both have pain. It's a deeper issue than pain. It's understanding what character is. Most people don't understand what character is. How would you define it? What do you mean by that? Defining it is not, I'll, I'll define it, but it's not really a, a great way to understand it from defining it. Well, what do you think uh, people A character miss? is just a, a set of, of repeatable behavior. Character is just a set of repeatable behavior yeah. that a person has? Yes, yeah, so that we recognize that character. Ah. You recognize that character. You recognize that homeless person that you've seen 20 times in the street because they, they continue to repeat oh, their behavior. I see Now, what if you're that saying. homeless person gets rehabilitated mm-hmm. and now is in a three-piece suit right. and now sober. is working for a corporation, right. you would not recognize that character even because though it's the same changed. human being. Right. Their set of repeatable behavior is new now. Oh, you kind of just blew my mind right now. That's yes, I do. I get it. That's so, why when people change, so if right? you see you, right, mm-hmm. you, right. and you go into the military, right, right. and you right. become a uh, military uh, person in whatever uh, in the navy, mm-hmm. and they cut all your hair off, mm-hmm. and you're wearing a uniform, right, and your posture is better because they've trained your posture. You know? <laughs> I'm always conscious of my posture. Yes, go ahead. But they've trained it. Yes, of course. So right. now it's all different. Right. You know? Right. And you don't smile as much because you're not trying to please people as much. Right. That's true. You know? Yeah. And you speak military jargon and you salute. Right. And I learn hand-to-hand combat. And and you walk and you have a, a gun on your side mm-hmm. that's open and gun the way you walk. Well, it's a set now of repeatable behavior, mm-hmm. but it's still you, but it's now a new you because the repeatable behavior you had before you were, a, uh, a, I'm sorry, a, a soldier, a soldier is now a different repeatable behavior. Right. That, and you, your voice might even be different because they taught you how to te- speak deeper. Deeper than this? You, you had a little voice <laughs> like this when you spoke. Right. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You spoke like this. Yeah. And then you go into the Navy and they smack you around and they rough you up. Yeah, and, they take you through yeah. basic training. And they brainwash you, you essentially. And you, yeah, and you hear the drill instructor and you, you go, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And then you walk out and you go, can I have a bottle of milk? You know, because, you know, they do have bottles nowadays. Don't I have a bottle? Can I? And then, then your friend goes, what? wait, your voice changed. 
I can still talk like this, but I don't do it anymore. Now I talk like this, motherfucker. Okay. You have a new <laughs> yes. set of repeatable, because how you right. speak is repeatable behavior. Right, 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 right. How you sit, how you speak, everything. Yeah, I understand. It's repeatable behavior. Yes. So people wouldn't recognize you. They say, oh my God. You've changed. You've changed. I don't recognize you because right. they recognized your repeatable behavior. Right. Your hair was always this way, you know? No, I know. And we'll even say about people, you know, like, oh, you know, this person, you know, Rebecca, she's always doing this thing because that's right. part of this person's character. Right. If Rebecca walks and, 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 and she says, I'm so sick. And we look at Rebecca and go, oh, my God, you, you look sick. Because that's a new set right. of behavior, right. which we now add mm -hmm. to our memories of Rebecca's mm -hmm. and repeatable we say, behavior. Right. And we even say, you don't seem like yourself. It's exactly what we say. Right. Because yourself is the repeatable behavior that we're used to seeing. Mm -hmm. Now we see a new set of behavior, which we store in our memories as Rebecca is sick behavior or Rebecca is drunk mm -hmm. behavior. Right. Now Mark's case, he's drunk all the time. So when he stops drinking, <laughs> then we go, Oh my God, it's a new set of Mark behavior. Mark right. is sober. Never saw him that way. <laughs> Disclaimer, Mark does not drink like that. Doesn't that make he's sense? He's not Mark? drunk all the time. Right. If we saw you so, right, if we saw you drunk, we'd we'd have a new set of behavior. So we would add it to our memory banks of mark drunk behavior that's true right right you're right so that's why when we see people and they're something is very different mm -hmm. we usually try to find out what's different right what's going on and then they tell us oh i've got a stomach flu you mm -hmm. know, or something you know whatever that is right know? so because we have a memory bank of what this person's typical behavior is right yeah Repeatable. Yeah, I get it. But that's not a great definition in terms of, so then how do you do it? Right. How do you do it? See? Well, first of all, in, in real life, you do it because you learned it over the very, very many years you've been practicing it. Right. And you model behavior. And so depending right. on the people surrounding you, you what model. What is model behavior? Meaning that you, you imitate behavior. I really know what it means. I just... For the people who don't know, I know exactly what. Okay, Rodan. Yeah, <laughs> model behavior. It sounds like I'm a. I, what, I wait, model. What, what kind of mean? what kind of uh, sound did did Rodan like have like a roar? <laughs> <laughs> so Rodan was a pirate as well. We just figured out. That's Rodan. Yes, clearly you could. You could uh, sound of Rodan, you'll see it'll have that, you know. And then mm -hmm. they would fight, you know. You know, Godzilla would be like this, you know. Mm -hmm. You know. And, shoot out there. and Rodan would go. Oh, wait, and so King Kong would go. Wait, yeah. wait, Rodan and Godzilla fought? They were in the same movie? Yeah. Oh. Just like King Kong and you know, Right, Godzilla. Kong versus Godzilla. Right, I didn't realize that. Yeah. My depth of knowledge on monster movies is limited, I will admit. So, the new Godzilla has a new set of behavior that didn't, the old one didn't have. Right. <laughs> so, the guy inside the, the Godzilla suit, which mm -hmm. they don't have anymore. No, it's all CGI. They used to have guys inside the Godzilla suit. Uh -huh. Rarely women. 
<laughs> so sexist. Well, I just want to make sure you know that I'm not being sexist. It's not me. It's okay. I'm, I mean, think about why don't, how totally sexist. They could have put a woman inside Godzilla's costume. They just didn't want to give her the work. They figured she couldn't do it. How would they hide her enormous breasts? Yes. <laughs> I never that the image of Godzilla with breasts is actually kind of it. Female Godzilla fights male Godzilla. Yeah, why not? It could happen. Equal representation for all. Where's so if you're female do Godzilla? Character, you you see, you go right off the. the, the oh, it's the me. Point. You're right. I can't I, believe you can't me. stay on point. You know. <laughs> so if you do character, yes, you have to uh, uh, take what you have yourself. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to repeat that because you have your, your behavior is already, is already uh, there. So you don't have to change anything of that. Yeah. And then, and then maybe tone that down a little. Right. Or and add then, certain aspects that and you then don't tone have. Tone up things right. that you do have. Right. Okay. Maybe you don't use a lot, but maybe you have. Right. Yeah. I get what you're saying. You have to tone it up based on observation and practice. So right. toning down things of your, you leave things alone of yourself that are mm-hmm. the same, pretty right. much, pretty much. And then you add or emphasize things. And then there might be brand new things that skills, skills that you, you need learn, to learn, right? Like riding a horse, right? You right. might have to practice riding a horse. Now mm-hmm. they'll get an expert horse rider if they need to have that horse go really, really fast. Mm-hmm. But They'll have the double or of the course. stuntman riding, and they you, and then when they go to your close-up, they'll have your close-up, but you won't be riding the, that mm-hmm. fast. Or you'll stop the horse right. and dismount. Oh, so much of that is stunt. You know, right. it's it's being done by stunt people. And then you have the behavior of, of what's it like to get used to walking in certain boots and costume helps and mm-hmm. beards and teeth fake teeth and prosthetics and things, all these things. But uh, generally you're hired to play pretty close to yourself. Right. Right. You know, and if, if you can't do the accent, you don't get hired. Mm-hmm. If you're a star and you can't so do the accent, then they'll hire a not, voice coach. Not going to play a pirate anytime soon? I never got cast as a pirate. I Not yet, anyway. I never understood why. It's coming for but you. <laughs> I never got... I always got cast as this Jewish guy from the Bronx. How weird. And I never understood why. Mm-hmm. I went to school and I learned all these accents and I learned how to do Shakespeare and worked on Shakespeare. and, mm-hmm. and Rounded got, tones. You, did, you learned your rounded yeah. tones. They weren't round enough, I can tell you that. <laughs> and then... Uh, when I got out of school, they only hired me basically to be myself. Yeah. A version of myself. You know? I know. What about, what about these people that, are, that do have thick accents that are, say they moved to L.A. or New York, wherever they're playing, um, or the people you've worked with that, that come to L.A. and they're like, okay, I'm, I'm going to start auditioning. They only have one thing they can do. Or even with your accent, you worked on your accent when you first oh, came yeah, to L.A., right? Yeah. I, I actually got rid of my accent, but then once I quit acting... I started to allow my normal accent to come back. Or your original accent. My, I'm sorry, my right. original accent, yeah. Yeah. So your question is, what do they do when they come to town with an accent, Mark? Correct, yes. 
There's a number of things. First of all, they do hire people with accents. Rarely, but they do hire them with accents. Well, it depends on what it is. Of course, if the accent is appropriate for the character, then exactly. it's perfect. It's but perfect. say you have a very thick New York accent and the character is supposed to be sort of a middle America housewife. Well, then you either take, unless you can do accents, unless you right. can change your accent, which many people can do, mm -hmm. they're capable of doing that. If you cannot do that, then you have to audition with your accent. To fake an accent really is funny and sounds very funny. So you, do, you, you use your own accent and you hope that they're willing to change the character for you. Right. That's all you can do. And I think the other big thing is people that come from other countries, English is their second or third or fourth language. You know, some people speak five languages and English is just one of many. It's not their first though. And I think with that, it's, it's always just about clarity because if you've got a, you know, a very thick French or Spanish accent, you're not going to be able to get rid of that, but we need to be able to understand you clearly. Yeah, you're right. As long as you can, uh, understand what the person is saying with the accent, then you have a chance. Right. If they're interested in a person with an accent. Right. And if not, there isn't much you can do about that. It's just a game of percentages. And again, the, the, the odds go way down when you have an accent, unless you're famous in the country that you come from. Mm -hmm. It's odds. So all you're doing is trying to raise your odds. The only reason you need to learn how to act is to increase the odds of getting hired, which are very bad to begin with. Right. So the, the odds just get worse when you have an accent. doesn't mean you can't get hired, but no, they of just course. get worse. Right. So there's less roles with accents. Right. Sophia Vergara keeps getting hired. And yeah. I don't know if she was a star before she got hired on Modern Family. She had worked a lot in, um, you know, commercials and some television shows because she had such a unique look and she was very beautiful. But and I, I think, think she was also working as like a host on TV shows. Mm -hmm. You know, she was hosting for, was it MTV or something like that, but Mark? Weren't they looking for a woman oh, yes. with an accent? Yes, so they were. Then they were looking for a woman right. with an accent. So it right. start right there. Right. So already, th that's who she is. Right. A woman with an accent. Right. And she's been on TV or she's been doing something. Mm -hmm. So she becomes one of a small group. Right. Probably 100, maybe yep. less, who have even a chance for the role. Right. So if you're an American and then you try to do a Spanish accent, which could happen. Sure. You better do it really, really well. Yeah. Didn't they, um, I remember you mentioning that Jennifer Lopez at the beginning of her career was competing for roles that were Rosie Perez's roles, meaning that Rosie was booking at that point in time. Yeah. And Rosie has a very thick Puerto Rican, New York accent, right? Yeah, yeah, less so now. Sure, but of in course. the beginning, yeah, you know, less so now, yeah, yeah. And I wonder if she even played that up on the basis of I don't I know, know. We'd have to Only ask. Rosie would know, yeah. right, right. But Jennifer wouldn't do that accent, right? She wouldn't do that, right? Then she would be mimicking Rosie. She didn't want to mimic Rosie. Rosie is was already known, a known entity in our business. Oh yeah. So Jennifer just used her own voice, which worked out rather well for her. It, Worked out good for her, I, mm -hmm. I, I think. 
And she's capable now of softening her accent or doing different. She did a very heavy accent on a movie called El Cantante. That's right. She did a very, some excellent, exceptional work she did on that. Mm -hmm. She played uh, Hector Laveau's wife. Right. I think her name was Poochie. And that was her nickname. No, no, I know. Her name was Poochie. And a lot of people didn't see that movie, but it was really a very good movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, Her work was actually exceptionally good. Mm -hmm. It was so unique and special. But in those days, they... uh, It wasn't a, a hit movie, even though it was very interesting. Very interesting movie, the opening 15 minutes of that movie was, was fantastic. And uh, and so she uh, accentuated her accent, right? Because wasn't, uh, yeah. Pucci was meant to be Puerto Rican, New York, right? Or was oh, she, she had the craziest accent. Oh, she had a very, so she had we an actual had, person to work off of. We, yeah, we had, we had the tapes. We had hours and hours of Pucci doing tapes. Oh, that's great. And, yeah. And I'm not sure if Jennifer met her, if she was still alive, I don't remember. We had the actual tapes. Right. So we could hear her accent perfectly. So we didn't do an exact impersonation of her accent because it's not necessary. Pucci wasn't famous. Hector Laveau was famous, but right. not Pucci. And uh, uh, we had to age Jennifer. Jennifer aged from a beautiful young 16-year-old girl mm-hmm. to this really troubled i believe she was 46 maybe 50 i I can't remember the exact date when she did these tapes yeah so the tapes that we had she actually did those tapes as herself Uh uh-huh as poochie oh wow so it wasn't poochie doing the tapes it was her put in the movie yeah you know it was a, a spectacular piece of work that she did Mm-hmm. But because it wasn't a big hit movie, uh, most people never even heard of it. Yeah. But it's actually was brilliant. And uh, Mark, who, Anthony, who played Hector. Yeah, Mark Anthony played Hector Laveau. Mm-hmm. He, uh, he was spectacular as Hector early in his life. Uh, it was amazing. And he sang all the songs Mark is well. Mark sort of has a similar vocal quality to Hector Laveau, oh, doesn't he? I mean, that was why it was a good um, fit. Not, I mean, he does, but Mark has his own. He's unique. He yeah. has his own. So he he also made adjustments, right? He did, you know, and he we he actually used some of the people who played for Hector uh-huh. in, because they recorded all the music originally. It was original, you know. Yeah, and but the aging of Hector was difficult for Mark. Yeah. Uh, He aged, he got, he gained like 40 pounds, but Mark didn't, didn't do that. Oh, so right. It's not really that necessary because again, most people didn't know Hector that well to know how, how he aged. I mean, Mm -hmm. so, uh, and he, he really had a tragic end of life. Right. Well, that, you know, biopics generally are tragic. They don't make movies about people who have great happy endings, generally speaking. Hector was a drug addict and Mm -hmm. I think he got AIDS and it was rough, but he was a brilliant artist. Yeah. The movie is worth seeing. Yeah. Just to see 
to just to hear Mark singing. Well, and you worked with both of them on that, didn't I worked you? Worked with both of them. Yeah, that's yeah. and I, here to see Jennifer's acting in that, which was spectacular. Mm-hmm. But most people don't, you know. Uh, but even if a picture is well known, that was I think twenty years ago. I believe. Yeah, I think it came out in early two thousands. So, <clears throat> so Mark Anthony had a connection to Hector Laveau long before he was tapped to portray the salsa legend in the new movie. So Laveau rose to fame during the nineteen seventies while Anthony was growing up in New York City, um, and Anthony, who went on to become the greatest salsa singer of his generation, released his first album. In January of 1993, six months later, Hector Lavoe was dead. Oh, wow. The coincidence had never dawned on Anthony until he was suggested to him um, in a question during an interview uh, later on. But um, you, you want to know when the movie came yeah, out? Yeah, when did the movie come out? Let's see. El Cantante. El Cantante came out in 2006. Yeah, see? Wow. I 2006, so that's actually uh, 16 years ago. Yeah. And it wasn't, you know, most people haven't seen movies 16 years ago. They, they don't, even if they're big movies. Well, I think unless, I think that's the thing about biopics is people see them if they have a connection to the person. That's right. Right? And so unless you know Hector Laveau, you're not necessarily going to be like, oh, I got to watch that movie, you know? So it was. it probably played... Well, in the Latin community. Oh, Hector Laveau is legendary. Right. Just just as Mark is legendary. Mm-hmm. But not everyone knows Mark unless you're in the Latin community. Just like Mark and is the Hector Laveau of his time. Right. If that means anything, you know, but that's how huge Mark is. Of course. Mark crossed over also into... Yeah. Uh, pop music. Pop music and, and uh, English. Whereas Hector really didn't really. He stayed in the Spanish. Yeah. But Mm -hmm. he was legendary in that way. Mm Mm-hmm. And. uh, I just, I, I think it's interesting what you said because about character, right? The thing that you said about character, that it's really a series of repeatable behaviors because. What it means is if you can really commit and I understand a set. a set of repeatable yeah, behaviors. Yeah. Set usually meaning, you know, group. right, right. A group of repeatable behaviors. Well, most people don't think of themselves as characters, yet everybody is a character. Oh, absolutely. Even twins, if you if you meet twins mm-hmm. in the, initially you think, well, they're the same, you know. Well, my little sisters are yeah. identical twins and they right. are very difficult to tell. But, but then the, once you hang out with them, you, you know, start to see their behavior is different. It is there's entirely a lot of similarities. Different. Yes. But it is there's certainly clearly not uh you right. and that you can see that you're their sister. But then once you hang out with them, you start to see the subtleties of their set of repeatable behavior. Yes. Wow. And that's even when you're talking about people who had a very similar, the same upbringing, essentially, right? That is, you're right. Yeah. The, the, the behavior that represents, you know, their internal life based on what drives them. Usually when teenagers hang out with a, a new, usually the behavior starts changing and most in high school because they stop hanging around their family as much and start hanging around their friends. Right. And then their friends, they start picking up, or as you called modeling. Yes. They start picking up the behavior of their friends. Right. And all of a sudden your daughter who was like an angel 12 months ago is now like 
what, mom? Well, she has a, a pierce, a piercing in her nose, right? And a pierced her ears septum and a pierce in her piercing in her lip. Yes, she shaved her head on one side. Right. Uh, she she uses different language. She's different, cursing. Right. 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 She's. Right. Walking around with a slouch. Mm -hmm, Because she's practiced a new set of repeatable behavior, which has changed her character. That's That's great. I never really phrased it in that way, but I understand what you're saying now. It's really a great way to talk about it. Yeah. But it's still, how do you do it is always the question. Well, and also understanding that? that that young woman is attempting to do or is changing her behavior based on the desire to fit in. Right. The desire to fit to fit in is a prim- primal need. Right. The desire to fit into a group. So, going back to my friends, I'm being facetious. The Nazis. <laughs> uh, yes. You once you that become are your papers. once you join the 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 Nazi was the National Socialist Party. Right. So once you join the party, you would start to pick up their behavior because right. it was a group. Right. And the group had group behavior. Right. And in order to fit into that group, you would adopt that set of behavior. Yeah, the clothing, the way you spoke, the jargon. Jargon is the kind of words that they would use and -hmm. and how you would uh, salute and Mm. talk and act and walk. Yeah. And uh, as you see young soldiers walking the street when they're on leave, you'll, you'll recognize them almost immediately when they're mm-hmm. getting out of boot camp. You'll see five guys in really, really short, bald or, you know. Yeah, short cuts. Short hairs, walking with their chests out, right. striding with confidence. Right, because, because they have been taught a new set of repeatable behavior. Right. And in order to sort of belong to this new group that they have been indoctrinated into. right. Wow. And they all learned how to shoot guns and rifles and how to kill people, how to fight, how to uh, have discipline. Mm-hmm. And then you see them, they're on leave and they're walking through the streets of San Diego. A lot of times you'll see it down there. There's a base down there. And you'll recognize right away, oh, they're just getting out of boot camp. Mm-hmm. Or they're in the middle of boot camp or whatever mm-hmm. that is. Right. And when their parents see them, their parents go, oh, my God, they've changed so much. Yeah, they've changed so much. Oh, it's great. So it, it takes practice. Yeah, it does. It takes a lot of practice. You know, these repeatable behaviors, these habits, they're habits, habitual behavior. They are habits. That's mm-hmm. right. That's the goal of these training is to make things into habits. Right. One note from before. So, yeah. um, Sophia Vergara. Yes, Sophia Vergara, please. So she was the highest paid actress in American television from 2013 to 2020. Vergara rose to prominence while co-hosting two television shows for Spanish language television. I told you she was a host. She was a host. Uh, On Univision in the late 1990s. Her first notable acting job in English was in the film Chasing Poppy in 2003. And the MTV uh, one I think you you mentioned was Punked. She oh, she was on Punked. Oh man, Punked launched so many people's careers. Yeah, Punked special. Yeah, yeah Ashton Kutcher. It's great. So then that's what she was, because then she was a known, a known human being, yeah. even though it was in Spanish. Well, and she understood camera. She was confident. She had a and lot of. She spoke of, English. That's right. What do you mean? She, she was did. Bilingual. She was. She spoke she was, English wonderfully. That's true. 
Maybe right. with an accent, but wonderfully. Beautifully. And yes. if they wanted her to soften the accent, they could have hired a voice coach. Right. But they she she did it perfectly. It was perfect. They they didn't they wanted her. They did. That's right. You're right. She was great. When they want you, they'll do anything for you. Oh. That is the end. <clears throat> that's that's our outro music now. <laughs> we have to go. Yeah, we do have to go. Uh, this has been great, Mark. You're amazing. Aaron, great pirate. Congratulations. You got the role. Oh, yeah. My pirate name. <laughs> <laughs> We're still working on the outro. Whatever. Yeah. The, the Jewish pirate. There must have been Jewish pirates. Why not? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Moisha the pirate. Yeah, huh? Moisha. Yeah. So... So let's make them walk the plank. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great job. I don't we're, think you should use that. We're done torturing you. We won't. Okay. Amazing. Signing off. Signing off.